Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello and welcome to the NTFC Women's Podcast from It's All Cobblers to Me. The Cobblers women are still going strong in the FA Women's National League Division 1 Midlands. And today we're delighted to be joined by the podcast's very own sponsored player for the season. Please welcome to the podcast goalkeeper Katie McLean. How are you doing, Katie? Yeah, not so bad. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. Pleasure to have you on. I've been meaning to do this for quite a while to get you on as, as our sponsor player, but also just to learn a bit more about you anyway and talk about the season, how it's going. Um, what did start going back right to the start of your career um to start off with just to, so that our fans can get a bit of a overall view of what it's been like to, um as as you as your career's progressed and stuff um to start off with how you got into the game really when did you first start playing what did it look like for you when you started to get into the into the game yeah i mean i uh, i started playing quite young um so i started playing football around the age of 4 um i used to play with my brother's football team um which was 2 years above me and uh, yeah, from there I played football in boys in the boys game until I think I was about 13 years old. I would say I was about eight or nine years old when I decided to be a goalkeeper with that. Simply, you know, it's fairly common back then. I was the only girl in the team. And of course, with that, the boys, you know, not always passing you the ball. You don't get as much of, of the game as what you probably want. And uh, yeah, that's when... I asked the manager to to be a goalkeeper and yeah took it quite seriously. Had a proper chat with me and sort of gave me the you do realise what this means. <laughs> Going to have boys smashing balls at you and yeah, not really looked back since then. To be honest. Yeah. So that so is that something you you kind of chose or was it something you, they basically did they push you into being a goalkeeper as such and you just kind of thought you know I'll give that a go or was it was it more of a you saw something on TV you, you were watching goalkeepers and you thought I'll have I'll have some of that and try and get in that way because obviously you know minimal opportunities for, for girls I'm guessing when you're growing up playing the game yeah. so was it was it a case of you, you you just feeling like that was an opportunity for you yeah I mean obviously like you say there was there was quite a lack of opportunities especially at that age that young and to be honest I think it was just kind of off my own back obviously like when you're that age you do a lot of rotation within the squad anyway so everyone gets an opportunity 
to play in different roles. And um, I think I just sort of drove towards it and enjoyed it every time that I was selected to be a goalkeeper or in training when, you know, playing small games and stuff. I just really enjoyed it and took it upon myself to, to ask the manager. Are you then going out your way to, to look at goalkeepers? Are you watching goalkeepers on TV? Is there anyone you're looking up to at this point? I'd say early on, I mean, I wasn't all that familiar with goalkeepers in and around the Premier League, but I definitely growing up looked to the likes of like Joe Hart, um, Van der Sar, obviously a lot of, of the big names at the time. But yeah, I was it was more of a case of... My mum used to say it all the time, I was just like a pig in mud. I just loved getting mucky. I loved diving in. I guess a lot of the times, a lot of people say goalkeepers, it's like we've got a couple of screws loose. You've got to have something not wiring quite right to uh, check your head at people's feet when they're about to pull the trigger. And I love everything about it, to be honest. Always have from a young age. So you're kind of building up in, like say, your brother's teams, a couple of age groups above you, like you say, uh, going straight from under 16s basically to women's football um, while you're still playing for your grassroots team at this point. Then you're, you moved to Corby. Um, was this, was it from Oxfordshire? You, you were start, you started playing, you moved to Corby after that. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when I turned 16, um, jumped straight into women's football from then I was playing for my local town team, Banbury United. Mm-hmm. And from there, like you said, moved over to Corby. Um, and that's when I started dipping around teams that are a bit further afield. And then obviously whilst I was at Corby, Northampton approached me and that's where I began my first spell at Northampton. So what does that look like at the time? Is a, is it just a, literally a scout coming up to you at a game? Is it, how do you find that sort of thing out? They reached out to me. Corby wasn't too happy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those in football, if opportunities come to you, you've, you've got to go and see what it's about. If you don't, there's always the, the question of if I did, what would the next picture look like? Um, so yeah, I can remember I went for a few training sessions. Obviously, it was Gary that was the manager at the time. To be honest, I enjoyed it. It seemed to be better, better quality. Although it was the same league as Corby at the time, it was. I felt like in training there was better quality. It was a better setup. And uh, obviously, Jack was there as well, which was exciting. You know, so someone with the experience that Jack has got in goalkeeper coaching. It, yeah, it, it looked rather appealing and obviously took that jump. I think it was halfway through the season, made the move over to Northampton. And I can remember the first game I played, I think, for Northampton was actually against Corby, <laughs> which was a bit a bit awkward. <laughs> what was the score? How did you get on? I can't remember the score, but I know we won. I nice. know we won and it was a, it was a nice feeling. <laughs> Certainly yeah. one that makes you realise you made the right decision. Yeah. And well, what's the Cobbers women's team looking like back then? Because you're obviously we're well established now in the FA Women's National League in the Division One Midlands, really well sort of established in that after promotion a couple of seasons ago. What what does the team look like now compared to how it was back then? Massive changes. Absolutely massive changes. I mean, my first spell at the club it was still very much grassroots, you know, there was next to none interaction with the men's team yeah it was all very minimal funding you were kind of given what you got and sort of get on with it make make mm-hmm. the most out of what you got don't be wrong there's still improvements that can be made um I think a lot of women's teams can say that I think it's still that 
what I like to call the sacrificing stage. Some clubs are making big moves to invest more into their women's teams and some are a bit more sceptical, understandably. But yeah, obviously, that comes with politics and the rest of it and I like to stay well away from that sort of thing. <laughs> but yeah, like I say, the the quality as well from the first belt to now is a huge, huge difference. Mm. And it's nice. I think the the biggest change is, is definitely having Josh and Liam there now as the management. Um, they've brought a lot of, of quality. Nothing against Gary and Stephen at the time. They were, they'd done absolutely fabulous with what they got. And I think that's, that's the most important thing is making the most of what you got. Obviously we, we had a successful season, I think. Can't remember. Did we win the league that, we won the league that year, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think you've won, is it your first season you've won the league, I think? Yes. Yeah. Positive, positive season that we did have. Which just goes to show, like I say, even though you may not have all the resources there, we still still grafted and mm-hmm. uh, and got the job done at the end of the day. Moving on to Watford, then after that, from the Cobblers, whereabouts were they in the pyramid compared to the Cobblers at the time? Yeah, Watford was tier three. Um, they mm-hmm. were in the Nationals Premier Division South, and yeah, it was out of the blue. Just went for a trial. Um, ended up being on trial there for about three or four weeks. I got offered the position um, as the number one goalkeeper of the under-23 squad, which I was over the moon about, I'm sure you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Going from complete grassroots bottom of the pyramids throughout my career to jumping up to that level was, yeah, I'd say as close to a dream come true as I could have got at that age. Yeah, it's amazing because there were even then they were training on the same training ground that the men use, the same gyms, yeah. the same kind of all the sort of stuff that comes with a men's what it like flip between Championship and Premier League clubs. So that must have been incredible just to to have that experience and to go into that environment. Yeah, I definitely say the the two years I was at Watford was probably what's made me grow as much as a player that I am today. Mm-hmm. The setup, like you say, was absolutely phenomenal. We were given the same treatment as the men we had you know a team of physios we had recovery rooms there was you name it it was there and I think something that opened my eyes a lot with Watford is the inclusion for with the men's team mm-hmm. you know there was elements through lockdown um, where there was the Black Lives Matter movement um, we were all actually on a video call with Troy Deeney and yeah. the fact that he was interacting with us, it, it showed that the men's team was was there for us as much as we were there for them. And yeah, I think that was that was a massive part of being at Watford is that it was just one big team. Yeah, but were they kind of one of the first teams to start doing that? I mean, I, I know there's there's obviously loads of stuff going on in the background nationally as well during this time, during COVID times as well, of, of the change and the shift towards hosting Euro 2022, all of that kind of thing. The the feeling towards the national team from 2019 as well was growing and growing and growing. Did you get the sense then that something big was just around the corner from your involvement in Watford and sort of playing at that level, did you sort of get a sense of what was to come? Definitely. I think, like I say, the the inclusion from the men's team, it was the most I'd seen for a women's side on a, on a personal level. And I think, yeah, like you say, it, it kind of o- opened a lot of eyes and made us realise that actually if more men's teams was doing this and... You know, we're we're not asking for the exact same as what the men get. It's just that extra little bit that gives us the chance to grow more as a team. 
And like you say, the, the facilities that we were able to use at Watford, you know, literally the same gym, the same equipment. Obviously, we all trained in the dome. I think my time at Watford, it's, it's weird to say, but it's the least ill I've ever been. And I genuinely believe that's because we were training inside the dome where you're out of the elements of winter months. To be honest, I think that makes massive changes. Although, obviously, it was in and around COVID, so there was times where players weren't there for obvious reasons. But generally speaking, I think training in the Dome was probably one of the best things in terms of keeping players fit and healthy in, in that respect. That's just mentally as well, isn't it? Just knowing that you're on, you're thought of at the same level as a men's team. Especially mm-hmm. that must have been a, a massive thing to all of you as a group to be able to go in and to feel like we are equal here. Like there's a yeah. there's that visual of just like walking in and, th- and thinking we're all part of this one club and we're all equal. Yeah, that's the thing. Even even walking around the training grounds, I mean, we'd we'd often bump into some of the men and obviously the staff on the men's side and everyone was always so friendly. You were always made to feel welcome. I mean, I've I've seen other clubs where staff on the men's side or even players are around and they kind of stand off a bit as if to say, oh, you know, I don't want to get too involved in that. But yeah, it was it was a really humble, humble experience being there. Definitely changed my mindset a lot as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you move on to QPR, twenty twenty one. They've just just been promoted at the time. What what is it like to walk into a dressing room after a team had been successful the year before in promotion? Was that a daunting thing for you, or do you kind of take that kind of thing uh, with a pinch of salt and just say, right, I'm part of the team now? How difficult was that, or how easy was it, maybe? I would say it in a way it was easy simply because I think from some players' mindsets it was like, right, we're stepping into a bigger league, we're going to need players with experience of playing at this level. I know there was a few of us that went from Watford and I think that benefited the team a lot. Um, some of the girls already knew um, some of the players at QPR, which obviously made it easier for us all to gel as a team. Um, and I think the biggest thing is that I had the backing of the management you know, they they wanted to bring in a goalkeeper with experience and obviously luckily enough I had that. So I kind of walked into the team almost straight away with a bit more of a leadership role than you'd probably expect a goalkeeper coming into a, a fresh team. And I, I love that sort of thing. I thrive off it. So yeah, it was a massive benefit for me joining that team. So last game of your first season, I'm not sure if you were involved or not. They played their first game actually at Loftus Road. Were you, were you involved in that game or were you around the team at that point? I believe I was. What was it like to go into like a stadium like that? Because this would have been sort of 20, 2022, a couple of years ago maybe, that they're, that they're playing this and playing their first game and being part of something that's so special and so you know, unique to being a part of the first of, the first of something. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's it's a great feeling any time you walk into a big stadium. Again, I was lucky enough to play at Vicarage Road with Watford. I think that gave me a step ahead of a few players that were perhaps younger and not been in that experience. You know, it can be quite daunting the first time walking out of the tunnel onto a pitch that, you know, you look up and you just see stands and seats after seats after seats. It can be quite daunting, especially as a young player. So yeah, it was um, definitely memories to to be kept. Of. Oh, so you've won the league's player of the year in your second season before signing for the Cobblers. 
how much does that kind of thing mean to you individual awards it must it must mean a little bit but in the in the kind of grand scheme of of everything you've done in your career to to be recognized as the best player in a league like for the entire of the season that must mean quite a bit yeah to be fair i'd say up until this day that's the the biggest achievement i've made in football it's nice being recognized by your teammates and management and things like that but to walk away with player in league was yeah I mean, I, I can actually remember the phone call that um, Steve Quashy, when he rang me, um, I was actually at work out in the van and he sort of said, have you seen your emails? I was like, what? I don't know. What, what, what are you on about? I'm at work. And he was like, pull over, pull over, pull over, have a look. And yeah, I I was gobsmacked, to be honest. I guess as a goalkeeper, you, you work hard all the time. You put your body on the line. You leave everything on the pitch. And not a lot of people always see that, you know, you lose 3-0. Someone who wasn't there watching the game looks like, oh, you know, goalkeeper must not have done very well or, or, you know, they've conceded a few goals there. But to actually be recognised by the oppositions for for putting in that graft was, yeah, it was a good feeling. Nice. Um, like, was there like a nominations for it? Did you have any inkling that you might win it or was it literally just straight away you're, you've won? I believe it's based upon the amount of opposition player of the matches you receive throughout the season. Okay. And I'd had a couple of looks throughout the year on the FA website and saw that I'd picked up a few. But yeah, I had no idea that, like like you say, I got the most out of the league. And if I'm right saying, I think I'm the first goalkeeper to have actually won that award. Yeah. It's there for every player in the league, not just goalkeepers. So yeah, a good feeling, definitely. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Obviously, the cobblers then come calling. You're full circle. Last summer, where does, does is that yeah. phone call? How what's that approach like? Where and how easy is it to make that decision to come back? Yeah, it was quite funny actually. I think it was in like ten days. I had uh, Zoe Boot and Jack both message <laughs> me. So I know Zoe uh, quite well through football. We've never actually played together, but obviously playing against each other and we had a few mutual friends. So, yeah, it was quite strange to have them both reach out to me and I thought, oh, you know, Jack's there. I knew Jack was a great coach. And, yeah, I think it was, in a way, quite an easy decision. Obviously, my circumstances had changed over the last few years where I've now got a family, uh, my partner and our daughter. So it was more of a case of I wanted, I did want to find football a bit closer to home. And obviously the the reach out from Jack and Zoe and obviously went 
train and I think it was actually at the end of the first training session I had a chat with Josh and Liam and I kind of in a roundabouts way made it clear as to the person I am within the football team I wanted to know what they were looking for and what their style of play was and you know what they're looking to achieve the morals of the club and everything just seemed to line up so nice it was something I couldn't turn down. You start the season with <laughs> you couldn't, couldn't really have started it with a much more important game for the club um, playing in a derby on the same weekend the men have had their derby game against that blue lot from down the road um, win 2-1 How, what was that like because the whole day I was uh, myself and Charles and our families were there watching the World Cup final with you guys in the clubhouse firstly how was it to go out and play a game after that after such a big build-up of that individual game that's going on on a national scale to then have to kind of switch your mind after the disappointment of losing the the final for England to, to go and play a derby game for us because it must have been a, a really quick switch to, to have to go and do that. Yeah, I can remember after that final whistle went and uh, and all of us went into the changing rooms, we all kind of sat down and said, right, this is our game now, it's our time, we need to switch off from that and switch on. To be honest, collectively as a group, I think we, we just did it. It's a strange one, it was. Um, like you say, to go from the, the energy and I think everyone was a bit anxious throughout that game. Um, definitely a few sweaty palms. <laughs> yeah. I think it almost done us a bit of good. I think it gave us a bit of fire in our bellies. So I think, I mean, I think everyone would agree it was a, a tough one to take the Lionesses losing. Mm. I think they deserved more. Yeah. And I think everyone, Probably everyone in the women's game playing after that final wanted to, to go out and almost, in a way, do ourselves and our... Sounds sounds weird, but do ourselves and our country and our, our England mm. team's proud. And yeah. show that, you know what, we can all still do this. Yeah, actually, it was, it was a really nice kind of set up to the day itself, wasn't it? Because you knew up and down the country, all women's games were being pushed back to sort of later in the day to, to accommodate it. And it did feel like you went out there for, for you guys, especially to go out there and put in the performance that you did. It kind of reintroduced the Cobblers team to a, to a bigger audience and reintroduced them like, okay, we're here at Fernie Fields. It's our new home. It's a derby. What a start to the season. And to, to go and win it as well must've been a great feeling. Oh, it's fantastic. I love that win to this day. <laughs> what was it like in the second half? Because Peterborough, you've gone 2-0 up at half time. We, it looked fairly comfortable from the first half and then they've just come back into it and it, there was just a lot of, well, it felt like as a fan anyway, there was a lot of nervy moments late on. What's that like as a goalkeeper when that happens? Not nice. <laughs> no. Not nice at all. <laughs> but yeah, in in a way, I, I love high pressure situations. Definitely nerve wracking at times, but I have every faith in my team that, that we can pull out victories like that and at the end of the day we did it. And I think sometimes that's the important thing in football. It's not always got to be pretty. It's about who walks away with those three points at the end of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And thoughts on the season as a whole so far? It's a really good season again, sitting in fifth in the league um, as we record. Uh, massive win against Notts County last time out, 6-0. You've had a few big wins over the season edged out by Loughborough a couple of weeks ago who were top of the league which was a it's such a tight game it was so frustrating because I think you deserved a lot more from that game and same goes for a lot of the defeats through the season there's been a lot of close games but then you know it evens itself out by the fact you've won some games 6-2 5-0 4-0 how have you felt as a team the season's gone 
Um, I think the season's gone well as a whole. We've had a few, a few patches. I'm not going to say they're bad patches. I don't think we've had any bad patches. It's just where perhaps for a couple of weeks a few things haven't fully clicked um, or fallen into place for us, which happens. It happens with every team at uh, different times of the season. But I think at this point in the season we're, you know, we've we've all got five behind us, and yeah, I think there's there's going to be some good results to come. Yeah, how far do you think this team can go this season, next season? Where where do you see yourselves pushing for? I think we'd all like to agree we would like to push for, for promotion. I genuinely believe we've got that in us. There's a lot of the younger girls from the FVP squad that have started training with us more often and some of them are really starting to shine and thrive off that, uh, which is great to see. It's always nice to see younger players coming through and especially at training, you know, some of us with with a bit more experience of passing on that knowledge and it's so nice to see them genuinely want to listen and, and improve and I think with that with the the upcoming few seasons yeah I think there's there's going to be some positive changes happening yeah that's really good I and mean, do you kind of feel it what I don't know if you if you've got friends or uh, people who you speak with in other teams who you're playing against do you kind of get a sense that we can do more as a club in terms of funding, in terms of that kind of thing. Cause you do, I do kind of get the feeling from other teams that they do get a little bit more injected in them, whether it's because they're linked to a men's team, whether they give more or not. But do you kind of get that feeling as players that maybe the next step is to try and you know, inject a little bit more into the team from the first team point of view? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to dip too deep into it because uh, I mean, Josh and Liam and a few of the other girls know my opinions. Mm-hmm. However, yes, I do believe there should be more done. There should be more interaction from the men's team. Smaller things like kits. We didn't have our new kits till quarter of the way through the season. Yeah. yeah, FEP girls, the younger age groups, they're all kitted out. Even now, some of us are still waiting for bits of kit to come through. It just does not feel good enough at the minute. And that's that's my honest opinion. I, I intend to have conversations at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. For me, that's not something I do during a season because my focus is simply on upcoming games, leagues, cups. But yeah, I think there is there is some positive changes that, that do need to happen. It's not that we all want it to because that's the sake of it. It needs to happen in order for us to keep moving forward. Yeah, definitely. I think that goes for the whole women's game as well, doesn't it? In terms of it's not just us, it's, it's a lot of teams will be in similar positions where, you know, where are we making that next step? What's the, where's the next step coming from? Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. On Josh and Liam, you mentioned them earlier. What's it been like to work with them? Because they're clearly passionate from the sidelines, passionate in training, I'm assuming as well. Um, seems to be injecting a culture of passion throughout the whole team. Like whenever we see the ball go off for a throw-in, the whole bench is up encouraging. Whenever you see a tackle being made by a, a defender, midfielder, getting crunching in, there's a, a lot of encouragement coming from the side of the pitch. Is, is that a culture that they've created or is it something that's kind of come from the players? I'd say a bit of both. Um, Josh and Liam have definitely had a big impact on that. I think alongside a few of us senior players, obviously there's there's sometimes a bit of an age gap between a, a few of them. And I think it's good to, to make it clear as younger ones coming through, if you lose the ball, if we're 1-0 dice, not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But we need the positiveness. We need the backing of everyone, the fans, you know, the girls on the bench. Josh and Liam, the rest of the staff. 
And I think that's definitely something over the course of the season we've we've worked on as a team massively, and that's that's backing each other regardless. You know, if if you're not named in the starting lineup or in the squad, don't walk around training or or on the game day sulking. Back your teammates. Be happy that they've made the squad. And you know, same goes for the games that that Holly's in goal. I back her a hundred percent. I'm buzzing for her, and yeah. I think that's. That's what needs to happen in a team is for everybody to be on that same level. I do think, to be honest, we've lost a few of our players that we have lost through that. But at the end of the day, we're a team. We all want the same thing. We all want to win. We all want to thrive. But if players need to be dropped for that to happen, it's, it's football. You know, it's, it's one of those things. I've, I've had it myself. It's not the nicest of feeling, but you don't want that to then impact what happens on that on that pitch for that 90 minutes and I think yeah that's that has turned into something positive for us like you say every every tackle every ball that goes out we celebrate it because you need to focus on the positive things in the game definitely it gets the crowd going as well doesn't it when you come to watch and I think we've, we've definitely seen the step up in terms of the facilities this season uh, mentioned it before but Harper was a great place to play football all of the community there was great but Fernie Fields um, the Fernabau, as we call it on the podcast, um, it's it's just a step up, and that closeness you've got to this to the team, the fact we're playing to come and see you what to see you play, um, and that passion from the pitch and on the sidelines, it definitely communicates to the stands as well because you get the opposition fans as well in the same stand as us, just like really rising to it as well. So it creates a really nice fun atmosphere in the stands as well. And you know, it's it's great for us on on the pitch when that atmosphere is there. As much as away fans can maybe do our head in some of the time. And, <laughs> that uh, drum, that drummer at Ipswich was, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine was it. one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hilarious at times, but it, it, it gives you that extra bit when you're on the field and, you know, you're feeling a bit tired, you're feeling a bit, you know, a bit slow and a bit sluggish. That boost from the fans. And I think, like you say, that comes from us being at Fernfield. It's, it's a fantastic ground, great facilities. I think it's it's got a really nice family feel about it there, which which I think we all we all take from nicely. Definitely. And what's it like to walk out at Sixfields as well? I know you've had a couple of games there now. March the tenth, it's just been announced on Wednesday that we're gonna be taking on Sporting Cowser at Sixfields. That's the next one on International Women's Day. What's it been like to play at Sixfields? Yeah, it's been great. I mean, I played there I think once or twice when I was um with Cobblers in my first spell. And yeah, to come out again on the pitch uh, this season it's 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 a really nice ground really nice ground to play at all the staff that are there on game days lovely really welcoming and I think there were the time that we played where it was a back-to-back for the men's game that was a really nice environment as well actually that, that was a, a good day a good day all in all good stuff oh, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you Katie um if I had to ask for one highlight before we go of your career what what would be your the kind of pinnacle for you have to be that two-on win over posh on it there we go right answer i would say it on the podcast but i'm sure there's people knowing what i'm gonna say but uh yeah we'll have to end it on that one (laughs) definitely definitely i have to um anyone who's you know listening who's not come down to see you before what would you say to them to to get them down to come and see come see you play at the fernabelle do you know what i'd just say give, give it a shot give us a shot give us a chance we're all like i say we're all welcoming playing a good good quality of football and uh yeah i think if if you come down, I think it'd be safe to say you, you get the itch to come back. 
yeah definitely i think it's one of those things isn't it you, you go once you you do keep coming back keep coming back it's it's a fantastic atmosphere and um, katie hope you stay around for as long as possible to, to keep wowing us with your saves your your long balls upfield which is one of one of the best goalkeeping kicks i've ever seen i've got to say <laughs> which was, was, was one thing that um i can't remember i think was it Damon maybe who, who we were talking to about who to sponsor and you know, they were talking about available players in the summer and, and he was like oh you've got to do the keeper you've got to do the keeper she's great she, she'll, she'll assist a few this season <laughs> and we saw we saw you kind of against Loughborough going up there taking free kicks from mid inside the area I'm hoping for an assist before the end of the season at least or a goal even yeah I, I think I've already got about four assists this season I can remember laughing with some of the girls that have got more assists than, uh, than this <laughs> season so uh I'll take it. Yeah, nice. maybe a goal. Right. We'll see. We'll, yeah, we'll go for a goal then. It we'll goes posh away, maybe. Um, yeah. Katie, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for taking the time to come and speak with us today. Pleasure to have you on and a pleasure to be your sponsor for the season as well. Um, where can Cobblers fans find you on social media? Uh, yeah, I'm on, uh, I'm on pretty much all social media. Uh, Facebook, X, or obviously previously known as Twitter, um, Instagram. Just type in my first and last name, Katie McLean. And uh, yeah see me there good stuff Katie thank you so much really really good to speak with you all the best for the rest of the season wonderful thanks for having me really appreciate it thank you everyone for for listening as well don't forget to check out the NTFC Women's social media pages over at NTFC Women for details of all the upcoming games Uh, we'll see you again soon Sports Social Podcast Network Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.